Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you now for this moment, this awesome opportunity, God, that we've gathered in this place today. We are connected around the world. And I even ask that those that will hear it now, hear it later, or even archive, we pray that they all have an ear to hear what you, the Spirit of the Lord, has to say to us, the church today. And God, I even ask now that the words from my mouth and the meditations of my heart, Lord, that they be acceptable unto you, God, for you are, you are my strength and my redeemer. I'm grateful for every listening ear. I pray that they have an ear to hear what you, the Spirit of the Almighty God, has to say to the church today. And that person that may not know you personally would desire to seek your face because of the relationship they see exemplified through other believers, that they will come into the faith and no longer desire to do life on their own. And God, I'm glad I don't have to make anything up. I don't have to come up with some thoughts on my own, but I can tap into who you are. And the best way to do that is through your word. And we're grateful and we're thankful for your word today. Why? Because it's your word that makes us new. Your word that teaches us about you. So make it clear and make it plain. In Jesus' name, would you say it like you love him? Amen. Amen. Give God one more praise today. One more praise today. One more praise today. Amen. Amen. It's a lot um, that is taking place. Um, there's something else we're doing um, in the ministry uh, as you're giving as well. Uh, we're, we're, our goal this week and in, in the next couple of weeks is to redo some things in our parking lot. Um, we want to, we, we kind of spread it out a little bit. And uh, we have parking here in the back, in the front, and uh, way over there, then out on the other street. Um, but I was walking through with some contractors this past week, and I had a vision for something uh, regarding to bring parking closer. Uh, we have this little alleyway, and I just wanted to kind of, over the years, just kind of wait a little bit to see. Uh, we have the courtyard, and I even see how the kids, they love being out there. Uh, I don't mind them playing. They have a little basketball out there, jump rope, and they just be throwing the football and just kind of connecting with each other during the service times. And I'm grateful for that. But I also um, was so aware of um, how sometimes if kids run out, that there will be a car or something too close. And we don't have that issue because of the courtyard. If they got away from you for a second, um, you got a little bit of ways to catch up with them. I hope you're able to, right, after that. You know, just, just they run out that door. There's a little bit of ways. But we are thinking about... Uh, adding on this wall back over here some parking lot uh, areas for new guests. So if you brought, brought a new guest to church, there'll be some guests. We got some new, we got, we got a hospitality advance, amen, that we are thinking of. We have been casting vision for another level of hospitality, greeting you at your car and all that good stuff and letting you know, getting your kids checked in right out there in the parking lot. And so uh, bringing some, uh, all this area right here, thank you, uh, 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 some people will clap. Y'all clap for the new guests, new guests, new guests. Okay, <laughs> okay. I ain't, I ain't want to be like, ooh. And then uh, over there on that side, on the other side of the courtyard, bringing some parallel parking uh, for those that would arrive on time. Um, there is another vision as well for, and y'all hear these things coming, um, for those that serving on Sunday. I know that some of you all get here real early, and I've been having staff meetings as well, um, that you'll be able to park when you come in, park, but also you'll be able to go over to the event center, and we're going to have some fellowship before church for those that are serving. 
um, just to, you know, with you and your family and things of that nature, just to make sure um, that those kids that may be dragged in here a little early and things of that nature. So be on the lookout for those announcements. We were looking to do like a breakfast uh, every Sunday morning for those that are coming in serving, just to show you some another level of appreciation uh, for all that you do. It's like 100 plus people that y'all don't even see in the seats that's out there serving and behind the scenes doing so many different things to make the experience that many people come and just enjoy at the moment. So I just want to take that up a notch. But did I say more? Okay, more in 24, right? I just Because God is putting more in my heart. And so I just need you all. I just share these ideas and thoughts with you all. And um, watch how quickly God does it. Amen. And so those are just some things on my heart. I already discussed it with my staff. They, they brought me a little menu of some things that we're going to do to make it convenient. Uh, and so if you, if you can't show up at church at 10.05 and talking about where breakfast at. I'm just telling you a precursor because I know how some, I know how church folks is. I heard you had breakfast. I showed up here at 9:35 and 40. Where the breakfast at? No, you ain't coming to do nothing. You ain't coming. Got to come in with the other folks to do it. Amen. So I, I like to say that because I already know what's going to happen. That's what we deal with. But I just think I like to put things out there early. So if if we had to dismiss you for that, you already know that the dismissal is there. You know, uh, it's for those that's coming to serve. And so we're going to do some things. And, uh, and then, but also, there's going to be some other things with the parking that's going to require you all to park a little bit further. Amen. To, to enjoy that extra step that we're doing, just to, just to give those that's coming to church a little bit more access as well. Amen. Amen. So, hey, just be on the lookout for that. It happened in the next couple of weeks, preferably. And uh, that's our goal in the next couple of weeks to get all these things out and rolling up. And, uh, but like I say, everything that we do, we do it with the generosity of the church. It costs to do that. And, uh, but it's always going back. I hope y'all see that everything we do goes back into the ministry, our community, to make what we do here a greater and uh, that much more greater, better experience uh, for those that come and those that are already a part of it. We are considering everybody. And so vision uh, is always there and provision helps those things come to pass. Amen. Amen. So I always want to let you know what's happening so that you get a little glimpse of what God is doing. Uh, would y'all give it up? If y'all need a Bible. Oh, my fact. All right, all right. Let, let's see it. Let me see them what? Amen. Let me see them Bibles. Let me see them Bibles. Let me see them Bibles. All right. Put them Bibles in the air. And if you ain't got one, signal the ushers. There'll be more than the lighted to hook you right on up. They like to serve y'all. They like to see you blessed and uh, living so gratefully in God's word. Amen. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff. <clears throat> Amen, baby. Amen. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. All right. Would y'all give it up our ushers that they readjust themselves this morning? Thank y'all so much for your adjustment today. We appreciate you so very much. Well, um, I've been in this series, and um, it's going to pretty much theme us out throughout the year about this more in 2024. But what we're talking about very specifically is that we are made for more. Somebody shout, I'm made for more. Oh, y'all ain't say it like you really mean it. Somebody shout, I'm made for more. And that's what we want you to have understanding of and just be wholeheartedly under um, this, this embrace because when you embrace that you are made for more, I believe that there is more in store for you. 
that God will begin to reveal to you the more that he has before you. And so real quickly, I, I, I shared some things on last week. And, uh, and last week, I did not expect a whole lot of shouting. I just want you to get some information. Anybody applied those godly wisdom principles in your life this week? Amen? That's, can I get a list of uh, an amen or two about that? Okay, because, because those are signs that I gave you on last week, whether or not you are operating in godly wisdom or not. Because when you are not operating in those qualities that we gave you on last week, like purity and peace-loving and being considerate and submissive and full of mercy and full of good fruit and impartial and sincere, it was about eight principles that we discussed on last week that gave a great indication of whether or not you were walking, that we were walking in godly wisdom because the opposite of walking in godly wisdom is walking in worldly wisdom. Evil, selfish ambition, malice, and deceit, and all of those things that stir up on the inside of us that cause us to not live in the purpose and the plans of God. Now, as we discussed all of that and we came to the conclusion that that is definitely important for our life, one of the things today I want to talk about and what I've just been dealing with all week long as it relates to kind of culminating this segment of the series because this series, Made for More, has so many things in store for it. But one of the things we've been talking about is more wisdom. Somebody shout, more wisdom. Because before we get into the stuff that God blesses us with or the things we want from God or the things we desire from God, what you should desire from God first, it should be your prayer, is that you have more wisdom. Because you can get something one way, but if you don't have the wisdom of God, you may not keep it. There's so many times that people have gained great success and things in their life and then decide to operate in their own strength and end up losing the very thing that they prayed to God for. And that's why wisdom, as we discussed over the last couple of weeks, it should be something we should seek God daily for. The word declares that God never, ever gets tired or get upset or even criticize or critique us for asking him for more wisdom because he freely gives it without fault. So you don't have no excuse not to operate in wisdom as a believer. And even though we discuss this, I see that sometimes even through life, when things get difficult for us or when we can't see the end of these things, we can go back to our own mindset and fail to operate in wisdom and end up making the situation worse. Anybody ever seen that? Don't raise your hand necessarily. But you ever seen that moment where someone did not operate or you operate in the wisdom that God has told you to do already and seeing that situation turn out worse and then it left you only wishing that I would have operated in wisdom. So here's the thought today. The same prayer we started with four weeks ago as we prayed the prayer of Solomon for more wisdom that God before you conquer my enemies, before you bless me with great wealth, Solomon's prayer was that God would give him wisdom. And so I want to conclude that segment, this segment of the series of more wisdom, with another prayer. And I want to title this or discuss this or highlight this as a prayer for wisdom. Somebody shall pray for me, Pastor. Pray for me. Can I 
that's what, I, that's what I dealt with last week. I left here, I said, man, I gave them these principles. I told them all the things that it takes to operate because I can tell you what wisdom is. We discussed that. And then we gave a real hard, just this, this confirmation, convicting moment where we say, God, this is how you operate in wisdom. But I left out of here last week with a concern on my heart to pray for more wisdom. God, the same prayer we began, I pray that they take these principles that we, not just you, but us, that we take these principles and we apply it to our life. And I went to the book of Ephesians where I see a prayer of wisdom exemplified that it brings great purpose to even the message today. Would you turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1? Now, the tip maker from Tarsus, Paul, who was once called Saul, y'all know the story, right? He had an encounter with God to the point that he became the person that systematized our faith, that gave our faith system. He wrote the majority of the New Testament, matter of fact, all the epistles, but he also brought system, he brought system, he systematized or brought system and structure to even the faith that we have in God. And so one of the prayers that was brought forth in this systematic approach was that he prayed that the people operate in wisdom. Let me tell you why this is so important. Because when we read this, you're going to have some understanding here today that one of Paul's issues was that the people had it in them. That everything, y'all know that the word declared that everything in life and godliness is already on the inside of us. And just because we know better doesn't always mean we do better. I mean, you, you see situations in life all the time, and the goal of this thing, y'all, is that when Paul was praying this prayer, he says, I'm praying that they see what was put in them. And that's my prayer today, that every word that has been put into you all, every word that has been spoken over our lives, that we not only operate in it, but we put it into practice. Somebody shout, put it into practice. Because there's, there's no need, I'm telling you, if, if it's not something that you're practicing out on a daily basis, it's first of all an indication that you didn't believe the word you received, that you didn't apply the word you received, you sure didn't operate in the word that you received. So it's going to be impossible for you to practice it on the daily basis, the word you receive. So that's our prayer today, that you practice what has been put into you. This is the prayer for wisdom. Because the spirit of wisdom comes into our life as it, as it relates to 1 Corinthians, as it relates to a spirit that God gives even before we know how. There's a spirit that God, when you, gave, when you gave your heart to Jesus as a believer, the Holy Spirit occupied you. And it began to tell you stuff that, 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 that you haven't even read yet. Or you haven't even experienced yet. If you acknowledge the Holy Spirit indwelling in your life, you don't, you don't have to wait for somebody to say something before God reveals to you. So that's called the unction. Y'all know how that people, oh, I feel the unction of the Holy Ghost. You, you, you feel it about everything else except for what God said about you. I mean, we got unction for everybody. Holy Spirit told me to tell you, but what did he tell you? Like, how do we understand what God is speaking to our spirits and start doing what God requires of us? 
You need to tell somebody. It's, I'm telling you, that, that's one of the defaults of this belief system is to always try to tell folks what they should believe, but what we should believe personally is what God is going to hold us to. You got to, God going to hold you responsible for what he put into you. You can ignore this word if you want to, but you still held accountable because you heard it. So that's why I want you to understand my prayer. My prayer that is that we'll walk in wisdom. Y'all there in Ephesians chapter 1? And so I kind of explained the first couple of verses, so let's drop down to verse number 16. That's why I want to bring, bring emphasis today of this book of Ephesians as Paul addresses the church at Ephesus, right? In verse number 16, he says, I have not stopped giving thanks or praising or praying for you. I have not stopped. Here's Paul in a jailhouse. He's still sending letters and still confirming and giving uh, uh, confirmation and, and encouragement to those even in his state that he, he's in. He says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. So I want you to understand that this is a prayer right here, y'all. We're going to go over this prayer. We're going to adopt this prayer, and we're going to emphasize this prayer, and we're going to apply this prayer. Amen. He says, I keep asking, verse number 17, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him what? Better. This is important, y'all, that my prayer isn't that you just know something, but you know God better. Because we were singing a song even earlier, and it really, in my spirit, I was thinking like, man, God, the reason how we we'll know that God is everything is that when we begin to know him better, that, we, that, that, that this is the God that we should serve, we got to know more about him. And I said this in a whole 20-week series one time about Jesus is, is that I know too much about him to doubt him. And when you know more about Jesus, when things in your life arise, you'll know him better than the situation that is presenting itself to you. You'll say, I know that this is not God's will for my life. I know that this is not God's plan and purpose for my life because the desire is that when we operate in wisdom and revelation, the goal is to know him better. All right, verse 18 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you to or called you. This is important. I want you to hear that too. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Another great point. So we're going to keep going, right? And so verse 19 says, and his incomparable power, great power for us who believe. His incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Verse 21 says, For above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, hear this, but also in the one to come. Somebody shout, God is in my future. So we started this series with a Solomon's prayer for wisdom, hear this, above all else. We talked about wisdom at any cost. That I desire to obtain wisdom 
No matter what. No matter what I got to go through to get it, I'm going to get wisdom. That's why we talk about get it, get it, and don't forget it. And all I get and get understanding. And those are the things that we should desire at any cost, that we should not allow ourselves to move forward in life without doing everything possible to obtain godly wisdom. Now, that was the initial, right? But we conclude this part of the series with Paul's prayer for wisdom, not only for things above all else, but wisdom for everyone else. Somebody shout for everybody else. Because I can always say, God, give me wisdom, but this is a prayer that Paul said that, God, I'm not just praying for wisdom at all costs or above all else. I'm also praying that God will cause everyone else to walk in wisdom. You know, one of the things that, I'm going to tell you how trusting we are. Worldly trusting, right? Uh, uh, um, how do y'all know that when you get in your car to drive, that everybody on the road know how to? How you know? How you know that when you got the green light, that the person with the red light knows what red means? You're driving around in the natural with this big sense of hope. I hope everybody listens to the rule. I hope that truck stay in his lane. I hope this person that is that, that y'all see, y'all be driving, and that person at the stop sign act like they don't know how to drive. They be out there like, sometimes you want to get out, you call like, get back in there. Don't pass the stop sign. You know you pass that line. Scared you, you be trying to get, you, 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 are you going out, you got this joke that came out too far? So your hope is that not, you, because in your mind, everybody think they can drive. I know all y'all think y'all the best driver ever. But you don't know anybody else in that, you probably very, unless you came next to somebody that you knew or saw a sticker. That's why I tell y'all, y'all need to go and put those rock face on the stickers on your car. It, it'll help you drive better. <laughs> Amen. It, it call, it'll govern you. You won't be throwing half a peace signs at people. You won't be cutting nobody off. Be like, oh, I was in my truck. I got, I got these two rock logos in my truck and I cut somebody off. I'm like, oh, Jesus. I hope they don't have a, you know, that they had conviction. I'm like, I need to take those stickers off. That's what I need to do. I need to take them off. Because sometimes we don't want people to know that we should be responsible for our actions. So the prayer is that it's not just for me, but I pray that everyone else get it. Because sometimes we can be so, we can be so trusting in the world, but we, I, this word says that I hope that every person that hears the message of the Lord will get what God has for them and walk in the wisdom of the word. Somebody say amen. Because we started that way. Because now we want to, because one was above all else and one is for everyone else. And his prayer wasn't for God to give them something that they didn't have. One of the things that Paul emphasizes here in the text is not that God would give us something that we don't have. He actually, he asking actually that God will cause us to looking out, look in, within ourselves and recognize that which we already have. The ability and the wisdom that we have already been taught, but for us, that God will reveal to us through our relationship with him. Somebody shout my relationship with God. See, that's important because if your relationship with God isn't right, it's going to be hard for God to reveal his wisdom in your life. 
So that's the desire, that's the prayer of Paul right now, is that, that God will reveal to us through our relationship with him what we already have. Now, I was reading this story about this great newspaper publisher, Randolph Hearst. Y'all ever heard of him before? And he was a great explorer. He, 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 he spent a lot of money, you know, searching for, like, gifts and artifacts. He used to go all over the world and just pay and collect stuff all the time. And so he finally, he heard about this great treasure. And he, and he heard about this great treasure that was out there. And he had this description of it. And so he was like, man, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get, get this one. I'm going to make sure I gain this one. So he sent out, out his people to search the whole world. He paid for them to go all over to find this treasure. And the guy ended up coming back and said, I found it. He said, well, where? He said, in your warehouse. He searched the whole world for a treasure he already had. And so many times we in our own Christian life can be looking out all over the world for what God has already put in the inside of us. God said, you can look in the, on the internet, you can look all over the world, you can look at other people, and that's our problem sometimes as believers is that we start looking at everybody else and what they're doing and not what God is doing in our own life. And the hidden treasure is on the inside of you. Somebody shout, it's in me. It's right there. And that's my prayer today that we'll recognize, like Paul is declaring, what is already in you. So what i like for each of you all to do is ask God for a better understanding of what he has already given you in Christ Jesus. Matter of fact, you can say it with me. They say, God, give me a better understanding of what you has already given me in Christ Jesus. One more time, say, God, I ask that you give me a better understanding of what you have already given me in Christ Jesus. That should be your prayer today for you and your household. So before we dissect this today, my desire is for us all to have the wisdom, but we have to understand a few things. One of the things that we got to understand is that wisdom comes by way of Holy Spirit. That's why he calls this in the text a spirit of wisdom. And we talked about this over the years or even months, and I bring this up frequently. But one of the first things he talks about that God will, the, that the wisdom comes by way of Holy Spirit, which is the way God brings about wisdom and revelation. Why? Because the natural mind cannot comprehend the things of God. That's why you can't explain yourself to your unsaved friends. Amen. You, if you try to get friends around you that don't know the Lord and have not made a way or have not have no belief in him, you ain't gonna ever, you, you won't be spinning your wheels all day. You gotta get them in relationship first. Because if you're talking to somebody, they're gonna tell you what's right. I'm telling you, some of y'all been guilty. Y'all talk to your girlfriend that told you to slash his tie. You know, you, you, you talk to your homeboy that told you to go find somebody else. This is how the world will tell you sometimes, but you have to make sure that God, this is why, because the natural mind, because usually when God is trying to tell us to do something, it may not make sense in the natural. Amen. Turn out a cheek. <laughs> that makes no sense. Because I know some of y'all, y'all may be saved, but let somebody slap you. You saved, you, 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 you just shouted in here today, but let somebody... Say something you don't like tomorrow at work, you're going to be like, hold on. Now, walking in wisdom is going to cause you to say, hey, God, how you want me to act in this one? 
Because most of us don't ask God that at that moment. We're like, God, I just repent later. That's what you say. Come, come, come. Amen. You, I, God, I didn't repent about it. God, forgive me after I do this. God, we start quoting all the scriptures. God is a forgiving God. He's a loving God, gracious God. He looks beyond my faults. But God said, I give you power to operate in wisdom in that moment. But you waiting on the other stuff out because what happened is that you, yes, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm forgive you, but I'm not going to delete the consequence for your unwise action. And some of us, even as believers, are suffering from our unwise actions when we should have just operated in wisdom. That's our prayer today. Come on, somebody shout, that's my prayer. Because the natural mind doesn't, because we need spiritual enlightenment to conquer those thoughts because the Holy Spirit reveals the truth of God's word and gives us wisdom to understand it, apply it, and to practice it. So how you apply is an indication of how you understood. Somebody shout, how I apply is an indication of how I understood. Your application is a direct result of your understanding. Direct result. Not a, deviate or a deviation of the result. No, it's a direct result. Because understand also that this wisdom comes to the heart of every believer. We think that the heart of, a, of, of, of every believer is just our emotions. But the Bible includes our mind and our will. Because God wants wisdom to resonate in all of our senses. How we see things, how we feel about things, the things that we touch and taste and hear and see. The inability to understand spiritual things is not a matter of intellect. Because a lot of people know the word, the devil know the word. But he fails to be obedient to the word. That's why you can't always be caught up, well that person know the Bible, but that may not be the case. Because you can know scripture by scripture, you can memorize it every day. But this thing that God requires us to do is not some intellectual experience. It's a matter of the heart. And that's why God is really destined about us understanding the spiritual things. And that's why we declare that the way the verse says, open the eyes of my what? Heart. So I can what? See you. I can see what you desire from me, what you require of me, and what it is that your will is for my life. So let's look at this prayer. And I pray that this will be your prayer for you and your family every day. Jesus, that, that clock be going fast, don't it? Already? Because verse 17, let's look at it. Let's look at it. We, we, I've been talking about it. Bring it up, please. It says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and the and revelation so. This is why. I'm not asking for God to give you spirit of wisdom and revelation for you to do what you want to do. Because you know there's some people that know just enough about God to be dangerous. Some of us will read that Bible and say, well, I'm a, this is for somebody else. Because uh, some, some Christians read the Bible like, uh, uh, this, this is going to be my comeback. I'm going to show that person this. And you're reading the word for the wrong reason. I'm going to show them, man. But next time Pastor bring up something, you can check everything I say. It may not be what you say, but it's, it's, it's lined up with this word. Because right, we're going to take the time to look at it. Because it, it ain't for the proof of point. It's to make sure that God's point is proven. 
And that's important for us, right? Because he says that, 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 that I'm praying that you will have the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that, somebody shout, so that. So that you may know him better. Him better. This is a considered, let me tell you this. This is considered the highest level of education possible. I know some of y'all got more degrees than a thermostat. I mean, you, could, you, could, you, you got more letters behind your name than... But this right here, this is the highest level of education. This supersedes all that stuff. Okay, how much you know by book, if you don't know what the Word of God declares over your life, you're stupid. You're walking in... Literally... You're a fool, the Bible says. When you fail to walk in the wisdom of God, the Bible says you're a fool. And fools do what? Stupid stuff. It's just, it's just a response. I ain't mean to, I ain't mean to cuss somebody. I, that's why I ain't got no kids in here. They, they would say, Pastor, that, you can't call nobody that. Because some people are stuck on stupid. Y'all know people like that. Like, sometimes you're like, yeah, I know you're smarter than that. But it don't matter how smart they are. If they don't know him, your response to life situations will always seem like you're ignorant. When you know, when your, your desire to know God is not to know him better, but to just know what's going on. And we'll, I'll tell you, man, I could be 100% honest because most people will spend more time learning about everything else except for God. I told you, most people spend more time scrolling than in Scripture. You ask God, you get, ask God to give you get 10 minutes to read his word, but you'll spend two hours on Facebook. And wonder why you walk around spiritually stupid. I'm just, wonder why, we, and, you're, and you know God, you, get, you got saved. But we ain't spending time in, in God's word, learning of him, his ways for our life. But, but I'm telling you, I, 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 I'd be 100%. I, I study every, but I'm telling you, that phone be calling me, man. It be calling me. That phone, like, you, they say that that, 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 that that social media and your phone has now become more addictive than crack cocaine. I've been walking around here like Pookie. Come on. You've been trying to read your Bible, but that, that phone would be calling me, man. They'd be calling me, man. You can't tell me I'm lying. It happened to me. Every time I try to read that word, that phone would be like, pick it up, pick it up, pick me up, pick me up, pick me up, pick me up. I, I, I grab that joker, I look at it, and my thumb got a mind of his own. I, I, I tell him, I, I, I watched this video yesterday for 14. And I, I, I got out, I threw my phone down, I said, baby, I feel dumber. <laughs> I just wasted 14 minutes of my life looking at some stupid stuff. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Y all, y all, y all, y all, we wonder why the church ain't getting wiser. I, said, I, I, I threw my phone, I said, baby, get this, take, take this thing from me. I feel so much, I feel 14 minutes dumber. That little talk show got me. It was a paternity test, too. 
<laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the fraternity has to get you, boy. You be caught up and like, I want to see. <laughs> but you don't realize you can fast forward to the end. You can, yep, there go. <laughs> get you the result. Read the card. <laughs> okay, if I get out of here, because you're going to get me caught up in this mess. I'm just saying that because we spend so much time knowing everything else. Did you hear about so-and-so? Did you hear about this? Did you hear about, but have you heard what the Lord said about your life lately? Do you really understand God's plan for your life? That's my prayer. As your pastor, that you know him better. That you'll spend time with him, considerable amount of time. This is why this was important, because this is the highest level of knowledge. And that's why the enemy want to keep us stuck on stupid. Keep us occupied with stuff that would keep us out of the realm of the highest level of understanding possible. We'll understand things that are not seen yet. We'll tap into realms that doesn't exist yet. You'll see your future before somebody try to destroy it. If we, get what, if we know him better. And I'm telling this because this is what happens, y'all. The atheists, this is why we got to know him better because the atheists claim that there is no God for us to know. And the agnostic claim that if there is a God, we can't know him. So there's two people out there that got a four. That's why I tell you, this, 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 the atheist says that there's no God to know, and the agnostic says that if there is a God, you can't know him anyway. And I went and I said, well, okay, this agnostic, an agnostic, some of y'all looking at me like, what's an agnostic? Is that what y'all asking? Agnostic is a person who believes that nothing is known or can be known of the existence or nature of God or anything beyond material phenomena. A person who claims neither faith or disbelief in God. They say that if there is a God, you can't know him. But Paul had a real experience that gave him an encounter with God. Anybody ever had an encounter, encounter with God? Then you say, I don't care what nobody say, I know there is a God. See, that's why that, that, that keeps us from being, and, and usually I find out that most atheists was once Christians. They had an experience that they, they, they went to God for something that God probably didn't will for their life. And what happened, they, they turned into this, that's our prayer that for our spiritual insight and our understanding, amen? The willingness to remain ignorant of God will lead only to corruption, hear this, and condemnation. If this world, y'all know that racism would not exist if we knew more about God? Because I don't care what nobody tell you who raced the hate because of the God in your heart, you couldn't. Racism is, the ass, is, is, is evil. And that's why this world is turned upside down. I mean, prejudices and, and, and biases are not for the believer. And so what happens is that anytime we remain ignorant of God, it only leads to more corruption. We got good people doing bad things with good-looking people doing bad things and more condemnation. That's why in Romans chapter 1, it Paul talks about how ignorance of God leads only to idolatry, immorality, and indecency. In other words, if you don't know God, you ain't going to act like you know him. You may put on a good front, but it ain't going to last long. 
And that's what you want to make sure of that when you know God, because we must have a willingness to know God as creator, as sustainer, as savior, as Lord, as judge, because how many know that one day he is going to judge us for what we did in this earth? Amen to that. Oh, I don't know about you, but I heard the Bible says one day I'm going to stand in front of the judgment seat of Christ. Now, my grandma used to scare the life out of me, say, they're going to put a VCR tape in. They're going to... Amen. Now they're going to have a download. They're going to have a, you know, as the world progress, you're going to have a, a flash drive with your stuff. Amen. Have a, boom, somebody's going to come, your whole hologram going to come and say, hey, you ain't going. It's going to be a download. Boom. You, you're going to be in line. You're going to be waiting to get to Jesus. Just check your phone. Check your phone. <laughs> I'm just, we're going to be in line like this. <laughs> Amen. I want us to be in line like this. God, yes, sir. Look at that. Look at that. Yes, sir. That's waiting on my train. Let me in. What's, what's going on? Who is that? What's going on? That's, that's how I be thinking sometimes. That's how I be thinking. I don't know how it's going to be by time. We don't know the time nor the hour when the Son of Man shall return, right? So we don't know what time frame we'll be in, right? So I just think about, man, God, I want to know you. Because let me tell you this. To know God personally is salvation. Somebody shout salvation. So that's when you develop your personal relationship with God is that salvation. To know God increasingly is sanctification. Somebody shout sanctification. That's when you work out your soul salvation with fear and trembling. That's your day-to-day church attendance. That's your fellowship. That's your walking with God. That's your sanctification points. That's how you know God increasingly. How you know God perfectly is through your glorification. So I, I don't want to just know God personally. I just don't want to know God increasingly. Somebody said, I want to know God perfectly. And it's how he is glorified through your life and how you glorify him. Amen? Jesus, I thought I was going to close this out this week. God Almighty. Woo! Are y'all with me still? Because we need to know him. This text is a reminder that our faith is not merely a set of beliefs or rituals, but a deep and personal knowledge of our Lord and Savior, our loving God. Also, this text shows us that our prayer is to know God's calling. Somebody shout, know God's calling. Verse number 17, number 18 says, in the first part of that, it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart, are y'all in the Bible with me? It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Hear this, in order to, or order that. See, I want y'all to, when, we, when I read the Bible and we're talking about this thing, y'all, it has, it, it, it explains to us the essences of what it's saying. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Do y'all not know that this is one of the biggest discrepancy in the body of Christ, people trying to discern what they're called to? Everybody want to know, they, what's my calling? You don't know if you call the preacher, usher? How many know everybody ain't called to preach? And people think, if I ain't a preacher, I must not be, no, that's not the truth. When you understand God, he'll start revealing to you your calling. This is why we walk in so much confusion. 
And just because you could preach a little bit don't mean you were called a pastor. Amen. Somebody preach a good sermon. Oh, boy, you called. Go start a church. You ain't learn no administration, no logistics, no, no people skills. You know, there are preachers out there that don't, that don't like people. When you see them run backstage after they preach, they don't like you. <laughs> amen. 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 I'm out there. Hey, I tell folks, I say, I remember I, I, when I first, uh, first came up and preached, they told me after I finished preaching, I put to sit down so they can uh, wipe me down. I was, I was pre- God, I, I'd be able to good in the two, boy. But I first started, they taught me that. They taught me that. They said, after you get, you got to get down and, you know, get the wind out your hair. You know, you don't want to catch a death of cold, you know, because if you get in the elements, you know, you're, you're going to lose your voice. I guess for 14 years, I've been walking outside. Amen. <laughs> hey, I ain't changed clothes. I stand up from the time I end the church that I leave. Y'all remember when I was doing like three services a Sunday? I ain't sat down from the start to the last one left. I sat down, go to first time guest, walk back out the service to worship, get up and preach, go back down, go to first time guest. I just get, get home like, golly. But I'm telling you something, when you are doing what God has called you to do, it never becomes work. It only becomes reward. Amen? And my, my prayer today for every person is that you discover your calling. That you'll do what God, because you won't see it as work. It'll give you nothing but great rewards. It'll fulfill your purpose every day. You'll walk around, man, like, God, thank you for giving me the strength to fulfill my calling. Somebody shout my calling. And I, what I may have to do, because the sake of time, because I, I, I thought I was going to close this out this week, but my time is, like, way past. So I'm, 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 I'm going to finish this off, right, and y'all just come back next week. Y'all can do that? Amen. I'm in a series, so I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know how Holy Spirit going to operate. I got like 10 points, and I thought when, when I wrote it, it felt like it was going to be finished in like 20 minutes. But as God is talking, because I don't know who's here, and if I don't be sensitive to your spirit and maybe what you understand, I could just go through this sermon and just get it over with. Check the block and be gone. And then how would I expect change? If the God then changed the atmosphere even in the moment. Amen. And so I just want to let you know that because God has a way of understanding. God's calling over your life. The word call is an important word in the Christian vocabulary. Because one of the most important discoveries of our walk with God is when we understand our calling. The word church, even in itself, is a combination of of two Greek words where we get the word called out, the ecclesia, the assembly, the called out. So even as we assemble here today, we are called out from among the world to serve God. Leaders are called out from the people. One of the things I always tell people that you, you can't be a leader if you ain't came from the crowd. God called people from among the people. He don't just call people out of nowhere. He want to make sure that you came from something. Paul even testifies how God called him by grace. And then he reminds Timothy that the believer has a holy calling. And then we go over to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 9, where it talks about I was called out of darkness into his marvelous light. And then later on in Peter 5 and 10, he talks about how we have been called to God's glory. And that prayer... Today and forever is when we discover our God-given calling because the wrong calling offers us nothing. 
Some of y'all think y'all been called to something else. But the wrong calling will never give you fulfillment. But the calling of Christ, it secures our future. And it also secures, I need y'all to hear this, man, because this is all on my heart. This, it took me, I was, this morning I was, just, I was battling with this word. I, I thought I had it all done this week, and then this morning I woke up and this thing just kept coming, coming, coming. Couldn't even hardly get here. Had to close my computer and just, just get to church this morning. Because it was just dry, it was just coming, coming, coming. They said, well, y'all ready? I said, hold on, hold on, I, got, I can't move. I said, okay, I'll close, I'll finish it when I get to church. I'll, I'll, I'll get something together. I ain't even near got there. But what happened, God said, the wrong calling would give you no fulfillment. And as a believer, you should never walk around unfulfilled. You should never walk around full of purpose. Not that you always feel okay and comfortable, that's not what I'm saying. Because what happens when you understand who God is and what he's called you to, you secure, I need y'all to hear this, you should secure God's inheritance. And I'm going to read that last part of that scripture, verse number 18. I'm going to just bring that back up. I'm going to read the last part because, because my prayer is for you to know God's riches. And that last part of verse 18 says, and the last part says, not only what he called you to, which he called you to, it says the riches of his glory, inheritance in his holy people. I want you to understand this before we go that some of us are praying for God's inheritance for us when God's inheritance is actually in us. This phrase does not refer to our inheritance in Christ but God's inheritance in us. This is an awesome truth, y'all, that God actually sees us as his great wealth. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, you God's great wealth. That's why we were created to make his name what? Glorious. The creation, you, every believer in this building and online, you're God's greatest gift to the world. And God got, uh, and this right here, man, it secures us so good because it always keep God looking at us from a futuristic point of view and not based in our past against us. Anybody glad God will hold your past against you? Amen, because the enemy reminds you of it all the time, right? Because if, if, if we look at somebody's past, if I, if I had an x-ray in that coming through the door that told me everything about you, what you did, some of y'all wouldn't even come in this church. You'd be like, oh, I ain't going in there. They're going to see all that I did. But how many know God doesn't care? He care what's in you right now. Enemy wants to remind you daily about all your faults and your frailties, all your deficiencies and your issues. But God is, based upon this text, is always concerned about your future. Your future you is so important to God. Who you are from this moment, right? Because you, you're alive. Take that deep breath in. Let it out. That's another opportunity. That no matter what has happened in your past, God has some riches for you. Matter of fact, he has some riches in you. I'm going to conclude right there today, y'all. I got too much more. If, if not, I'm like, y'all going to miss y'all reservation if I keep going. Amen. Come on, let's